I just want to welcome you, and we're going to continue what we've been talking about. We've been talking about divine direction. First week, Pastor Jacob came in, and he talked about how we make decisions and those processes we make. And last week, I talked to you, if, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your direction and what your future is. And this morning, what I want to do is I just want to welcome you back. We're going to talk about how to make our decisions and how our, if we don't make decisions, how our decisions make us. And so this morning, the decisions that we, we make today determine the stories we'll tell tomorrow. Amen? Amen? And so why don't we just stop before I do and Thank you, Damon. Appreciate it, man. Why don't we just stop? Let's just pray for people in Houston right now and, and all the people that are traveling right now. I know I've talked to different people, and I had some, some people in the last service had children there that are stranded. So let's just pray. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we come to you, and we thank you that you know everything that needed. You know everything that concerns our hearts. You know everything that concerns the hearts of people. And Father, right now, I pray that God, that you would come and you would bring protection over family members. We pray, Father, for those that need to be rescued, for those that need to be heard from. We just pray, God, we, don't, we pray that even in our political system, there wouldn't be confusion and, and backbiting and pointing fingers. This would be a, a, a time where the country comes together and we work with people. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. People have asked us, Pastor, what are we going to do? What's our response? We'll do whatever we need to do. I've talked to different pastors. Our, pa our church in Katy, right now, it's okay. They have some people that are actually having to get out of some homes, and there are people in our church that are taking care of them. And so we're, we're just on standby. And if you, if, if during the week you see, we'll, we'll flash it on uh, FaceTime or, or whatever we got to do, Facebook, whatever we need to do. So, so how are you doing this morning? Good. I'm doing good. How do you get direction? You know, I, uh, today I want to talk to you about trusting God's process. You know, sometimes we have to go through a process to understand direction. And sometimes we don't like the process that we have to face. And sometimes we go, what is the process? And so what I want to do, I want to take us to the book of Acts, chapter 20. And I'm going to stay there the whole service. I'm going to have one psalm. But what I want to do, where it's talking about, just, just give you a little bit of background. What's happening is that Paul's talking about, he's, he's in a very emotional state and a decision he has to make. And Paul loved where he was. He was in a town called Ephesus. And in Ephesus, people, there were people there that he really, was in, connected with and where he felt at home and he had his happy place. How many of you have a place where you just have your sweet place? It, it's, it's just like your sweet place, your happy place and he's at a place in his life he's going, this is my sweet spot. I love being here. I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything and he could have spent the rest of his life there but what happened is when something began to happen he felt the prompting of God to leave and to go somewhere else. How many of you know that sometimes, even in South Louisiana, you might not get a prompting, but your job gets a prompting and say, you got to move to Texas, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and you go, man, I really don't want to do that, but if I want to have some income coming and we want to live and eat, we got to go. Yeah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know you're in South Louisiana when the only rain gear you have is camouflage? Thank God for that. <laughs> but the thing is, is that is that here he is, he feels a prompt and he's called, and he called the elders of the church. He said, hey, and this is a situation. <clears throat> We're going to read in verse 22. We're going to start there in verse 24. Let me just get a little bit here. And it says this, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. 
And only, I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. And so what I want to do is I want to break it down real simply. And I want to give you four steps of just trusting God. Say it when we say trusting God. And so trusting God. And so the first step is this. The, the first process is feeling the Spirit's prompting. What does that mean, Pastor? Verse 22, it says, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. The Greek word for compel means duma homonuma. In other words, duma homonuma, what means this is that duma means wrapped. It means like a cord being wrapped around you and being pulled in a direction. That's what it means. And, and then what happens is ho means the girl your mama warned you about. But anyway, no, anyway. I'm going to get your direction. But what happens is, see, I'm, I'm seeing if y'all awake this morning. Duma means the spirit of the wind. Duma homonuma means it's a cord. That's pulling you by the wind of the Spirit. God is doing something in your heart, and God is prompting you to do something. Every, I really work hard. You know, how many ever just work at hard at eating good sometimes? Okay, come on. Let me, I mean, all right, let's do it. How many of you go, you know, I've been on a diet for a week? Okay, all right. How many on a seafood diet? Don't answer, don't answer that. But, you know, I've been trying to eat good, but last night they had the fight, and they had some guys at the house, and we provided the heat. They brought the meat and all that, and we watched the fight. And then, you know, it's like sometimes, and my weakness, I have a couple weaknesses, bluebell ice cream. Anybody got that in the spirit? Bluebell. Uh, Peanut-covered M&Ms. And I'm not going to tell you my other one. But what happened is, is that, like, last night before the fight, I... Went and got some snacks and stuff. Tracy made some stuff, and the guys had the meat. And, and I bought some peanut and M&Ms, and I bought the biggest bag you can buy. And I felt the, the I, I honestly felt the Duma Hanuma drawing me. And I've been eating good for about a week and a half because I'm trying to change my diet again. And what happened is, like, I felt the Duma Hanuma draw me to the m and the M&Ms were calling my name. Baba. And I like to say I resisted, but, it, it, you know, and it's like, but it's, it's, it's like there's that pull. You know, it's like with Blue Bell ice cream. It just speaks to you. You open that lid and go, hey, hey, come on, what you say? And so what happened, I want to talk to you about if you're a Jesus follower, you have to watch the Duma Hanuma moments. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? It would, it's being something like really, really big where God redirects your life. God begins to speak to you about direction. God begins to speak to you about decisions you make. And what happens, it could be something very significant. It could be insignificant, but it can have a big impact on your life when you feel the promptings of the Spirit. How many of you know I'm talking about? When God just begins to move on your heart and you can't explain it, you go, God's doing something in me. He's pulling me in this direction. He's speaking to me about making a decision. Decision, and there's something I got to do. For me, it was 16 years ago. Tracy and I, we started the church 17 years ago. But what happened, we loved the place we were at. We were in Broussard, Louisiana. We were in a church. We were in our first and our only new house we ever owned. I was working for Pastor Jacob. I was on staff. It was great. It was a perfect scenario. And then what happened, there was a Duma Hanuma beginning to stir in his heart, in my heart, and other people's hearts to come to Jennings, Louisiana. And that's what happened. We came. And I'd like to say, you know, it's a big and life 
directing decision when you have to move your children. Some are in high school. Come on. We're moving. Where? Jennings. Where, where is that? By Lake Arthur. Oh, where the beach is? Watch out for the Duma Hanuma moments. Every time the Spirit of God prompts you, it's always important. Some of you have been prompted to get out of your comfort zone. And see, you join a life group. What does that mean? It's God's been talking to you for a long time. Now you're being compelled by the spirits of Duma Hanuma that you, you know what, God, you're speaking to me. I'm supposed to be serving on a dream team or to use my gifts to make a difference in this community. The Duma Hanuma that I'm, I'm supposed to, I feel a prompting by God to start a business, to start a ministry, to write a book. The Duma Hanuma, it's, it, God's calling me to make an upgrade of my low-grade boyfriend. I need to get rid of him. And God's calling me Duma Hanuma. Come on. I was trying to help somebody out this morning. <laughs> or maybe you're here. It's a Duma Hanuma and God's calling you to ask you. You know, it's that girl three rows up over. Don't miss your opportunity. She may get away. The Duma Hanuma. I, you know, and it's like what happens is, is for us, it's a prompting where God begins to pull us and begin to stir our hearts that we're supposed to do something outside of our comfort zone. And that's where we grow. That's where God begins to speak to us. That's when we begin to hear. How do you hear the voices of God? By the promptings, the duma hanuma, the, the pulling. God wraps his cords of love and grace in our lives. And he's pulling us in a direction. Because, see, the world is like, it's like pulling us in a different direction. You know how many know that we're colliding with two kingdoms? It's the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is drawing us by the cords of love. The second thing that I want you to see is this, is that there's certain uncertainty sometimes in when we, make, when we have to find divine direction. See, in other words, verse 22, it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me. So often, we, we want life. How I many you know sometimes when we feel God prompting us, we want the details? God, show me what you're going to do and tell me how I'm going to get there and then I'll make a decision. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like the movie where they have that scene where Jack Nichols is in is a few good men and he's up there and he's a, 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 he's a Marine general and they're having a given and he goes, we want the truth. He goes, you can't handle the truth. God's not like that. But sometimes God's saying, you can't handle me giving you all the details right now. You just can't handle it. And in other words, what happens, I think sometimes God wants, we want the details, but honestly, you know, I can just say that if God would have spoken to Tracy and I about all the details of what we would have to face, what we'd have to go through to start this church, I don't think we would have done it. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because you know what? Sometimes if God showed you all the details, he would show you all the pain. He'd show you all the stuff you'd have to go through. And, and it would be hard to say yes. But now that when you look out and you go, wow, on the other side of obedience, you see the other side of it and you see the impact and what God is doing in the fruit of people's lives and how lives are being changed and how the community is being changed by just stepping in obedience. Amen. And so what happens is no way, and see, what God had to do was to lead us step by step. Psalm says it like this. Psalm says, 119, Psalm 119, 105 says, God's word, this right here, it's called the Bible, or you can have your little phone, it's an electronic Bible. God's word is a lamp. It's not a spotlight. You know, so in Louisiana, we have spotlights. You can see a lot. 
And be careful when you see red eyes. Don't pick it up. It's not a frog. Okay? What happens is he said, it's, 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 it's a guide to my feet. It's a light to my path. In other words, when I'm following God's direction, the Duma Hanuma, God's promptings, and I'm in certain, I'm in uncertain situations, and I'm not sure about everything, that God said that his word would be a path to my feet, that I would begin to see. He would begin to give me direction. Am I in the right place? Yes, sir. What's God's word? It's a lamp. It's a guide. God's word is a light to my path and your path. Not a spotlight for the future. God, I want to know steps four, five, and six. God goes, no, you need to know step one. Take one step. How many you know it's, it's, the, it's little decisions, it's the little decisions that we make end up making big impacts. And sometimes we also oh, so it's big. No, it's the little ones. It's making that one, two, three step. And then we begin to find out what four and five is after we make one and two. Are y'all with me? Sometimes you have, Pastor, what's your plan for the future of the church? Well, you know what my plan is? I re- I'll just tell you, my plan rarely is about the future. My plan is about being obedient today. Amen? Amen? Amen. What's the last thing God's told you to do? Now, I mean, you know that God can't ask you to do something else until you do the last thing he asks you to do. But on the other side of obedience, God can speak to you again and begin to challenge you. And so what happens here is that, you got to remember, I can't see the future, but I can be faithful to take the next step. You know what? Well, we can be faithful. I, Lord, I don't know where you're taking me, God, but I'm going to take the next step. I know that you're asking me to begin to do this. You're asking me to begin to minister to my neighbor. You're asking me, Lord, I'll take those steps. What you, you know, you want certainty. All of, how many know we all want certainty? Come on. You know, I, I know. Here, here's some certainty. God will never leave you. You want some certainty? God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will guide you step by step. Come on. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to drop you off like maybe your grandmother or your mama got frustrated, left you at the grocery store. That's it. I've had it with you, Shad. (laughs) Remember, our verse, what we talked about last week, God will advise you. God will guide you. And God will watch over you. In other words, if you're not living with a certain uncertainty every now and then, you're probably not living a life of faith. And if you're not living by faith, you can't please God. You know, sometimes I get scary because some people know too much. They know everything. Well, you know, I'm like, how do you know that? I just don't know. I don't know what's on the other side. I just want to be able to, I want to make those steps. How many of you know that God may be speaking to you this morning about making certain steps? You know what happened this morning? Here's, here's the, here, let me tell you the temptation all South Louisiana going to church this morning. I'm glad you made it. It's raining. Houston's flooding. It's, there's rain bands coming. Man, it feels cool in the house. Whoosh, yeah. It's kind of dark. Hmm. We'll get some, I'm going to get some community, put my slippers on, watch a little, little, little weather this morning, see what the weather is going to do. I'll turn on my phone. No, just, thank you, Jesus. I, and there might be people that I'm not here against that. But you know what? You made a step. You said, you know what? Today, I'm getting out. I'm going to go be with the people of God. God may want to speak to me. God may want to challenge me this morning in giving me direction for my life. Amen. 
and thank you for getting up this morning and being here this morning. That means a lot to us. And see, you know what? If you're not living with that little uncertainty, I believe this is that it's hard, it's hard to live by faith. Because faith, you know what? Faith is all about resistance. Sometimes the only thing that helps us grow and to have an impact in our lives and to grow spiritually is the resistance. That's what grows muscle, is resistance in our lives. And some of us, you know, we don't want to face resistance. Well, you know, I, you know let me just talk about it. The third point is this, predictable resistance. How many of you know if you start doing something for God, there may be some resistance? You see, Acts, verse 22 and 23, and it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. What a ministry. What's your future with God? Prison and hardship? Well, I feel led by that. You see... If you're not ready to face opposition, let me, listen to me. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. Thanks for all those amens. Because see, the reality, predictable resistance. Anything significant that you do is going to be met with resistance. So many people, whenever things get tough, they start thinking, well, God must not be in this. It's too hard. It's too difficult. When we came to this city, and I'm, I'm be honest with you, I had people tell me, you know, it's like, we don't need another church here. We have enough churches. When I came here, I had some of the guys that were younger that grew up here and said, Pastor Bob, when you go there, Jennings is in the Genesis Book of World Records, most churches per capita, per person, anywhere else in the United States. And they had like 42 churches when we came here. And I remember a, a, a guy that, was, that I knew, he, he just asked me, are you called? Are you called to come? And I said, when I was sent, and I go, what's the difference between called or sent? I said, if I'm called, if, if it's God, God's going to get the glory, and I'm just doing what he wants me to do. And if it's not God, he's still going to get the glory. At least I made the step of obedience. Come on. And so for every one of us, sometimes we want to see the results. We want to know all the details. But resistance is, is not necessarily a sign that you're out of the will of God. Resistance is often a sign that you're doing exactly what God called you to do. Can I tell you something? I wish it was always easy. How many times... I can look back and I look over the years and how God began to speak to me about things that he wanted me to do. And, you know, it's easy to make excuses. See, the struggle that, we're, that you're having today, it's developing spiritual strength that you need for tomorrow. And sometimes we don't always get to do what we want to do because God is doing something in us to help us to begin to do what, we, what he's called us to do. But sometimes that doesn't mean we always get to do what we want to do right away. Right. You know, when I got saved, I mean, I was preaching to everybody I could, talking to people at, at bars and, and, and at the stri- on McKinley and the Strip in Lafayette, telling people the next day about Jesus. And I was just trying to find anybody I could do, talk to about Jesus. And I remember I was still working a job, working on pipelines and in, 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 in industry and things like that. And it's like I said, you know what? This is what I got. I got I to gotta do it. I was working offshore. And everybody I went on the rig, I was just telling them about Jesus. 
And it's like, I said, man, this is what I'm going to do. But guess what? I had a desire. I never thought I would ever be a pastor. I wanted to go around traveling and speaking about Jesus all over the world. And my, but, well, you know, the crazy thing is God gave me the desire of my heart. But it wasn't exactly what I did at the beginning. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do in order for God to do things later that you want to do. Because there's a process. When I look at the Apostle Paul, he was a Jesus hater. He was persecuting people that loved Jesus, throwing them in jail, getting them killed, getting them stoned, not with a bong and a joint, with rocks. Some of you. <laughs> but what happened is, it's like Paul, you know, he was, he was a Jesus hater. He had to do, God had to do things in him first before he became what he became. He had to have an encounter with Jesus. And the only way you're going to get divine direction is you have to have a personal encounter with Jesus himself. It's not about a religion. It's not about a way. He is the way. He is the truth. And there's no other way except through Jesus. Are you hearing me? Thank you for his precious blood that has rescued us, that has saved us, that has set us free, that we're no longer the same, but we're different because he's come inside. He's, he has residence inside of us. And so what happens is, here's Paul. He, was, he didn't get to do what he wanted to do at the beginning. So you know what he had to do? He had to learn a trade. He became a tent maker. He went to Asia Minor for a time. He got trained. God began to speak to him. Then he went back, and then he had a guy named Bartimaeus that began to say, hey, trust this guy. Trust this guy. The last time he went to a church, he killed everybody. And we're going to have revival with him? I don't think so. You imagine on your billboard, come see Paul. Killed the last church he was at. You see... I believe the last thing and the fourth thing in the process is the uncommon confidence. You see, look in verse 20, uh, verse 24, and it says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. Now think about it. God's greatest desire, my, our desire should be God. Help me to finish what you want me to do. The purpose why I'm here, that I would finish. He wrote, listen, Paul wrote the biggest portion of the New Testament. He started churches all across Asia Minor and Europe. How did, he, how did he do it all? Paul did not have a plan for the future. He had a plan to obey the Spirit for that day for that moment. And see, in other words, if you're in a big crowd, if you're in a place that you would just say, God, here I am, aren't you glad for God's grace in your life? Aren't you glad for his grace? You know, you break down grace. I heard someone say, God's riches at Christ's expense. In other words, what happened is the grace of God that Jesus shed his blood on the cross for you and I. That it was, and what happened, that blood washes us, it cleanses us. But then they put him in a tomb and they left him there for three days and they put a seal on it and said, we sealed the deal. This is the way it is. It's done. It's a done deal. But we know that what happened is that resurrection power came that he burst through from the grave. And the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in every one of us. And that we have that resurrection power. And no matter what the process, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, if we're in, listen, I mean, no matter what you're facing, when I'm sitting in, when I'm sitting in a chemo chair, you know what my purpose is? Tell people about Jesus. 
to love people. When you go to the hospital, when you're at school, you know what your purpose is? You know what, God? I don't care what they do, where I'm at. God, I have a purpose. You know, if I'm chained to prison guard, I'm going to lead that person to Jesus. You need to have a plan. Listen, God's raining on us right now. Anyway. You know why? Because I'm completely confident that I have a heavenly calling and that you have a heavenly calling. You have a heavenly purpose by the grace of God to do what you're called to do. If you're an oil field worker, if you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, no matter where you're at, if you're a stay-home mama, that's your, that's, you know what? Listen, one of the greatest gifts are stay-home mamas. They get to come home and those little kids that they're putting stuff in their brains that they get to come home and they get to eat that cookie with them and talk to them about the the process of what they're thinking about and what they're going through. See, I know this. Why? Because I believe, I believe that God so much wants us to walk in his purposes. How does it apply? If you're making tents, serve Jesus making tents. If you're waiting tables, I don't know if you heard about the girl that was waiting the table this week. She had a $2 bill. Someone gave her a $1,200 tip. How many of you like to get that tip? And you know, when they put it on their news, she said, you know what? It was God because God knew what I needed. And she started giving glory to God for the tip that she needed. Whatever you do, do it with excellence and do it. You know, somebody, some of you going, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a big smile this week. And so what happens, if you're, st- you know, if you're a student, serve Jesus, what does God want me to do? Listen, this is what God wants you to do. Listen to me. God wants you to respond to the Spirit's prompting. What is God speaking to you? What is God directing you to do? Where is God's, where, where do you feel God's direction in your life? There's a prompting. God will begin to prompt you to begin to do something out of your comfort zone. Maybe as I'm speaking right now, God's speaking to you by His Spirit. They're going, you know what? There's things, God, you've been stirring in me. Then there's some, uh, there's some certain uncertainty. There's always that uncertainty. What if I don't? What if I do? What if I, you know what? I've learned, just do it. Look, if I make a mistake, can I just be honest with you? I've made a lot of mistakes. But we like to talk about our successes, don't we? But you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but in my mistakes, I've learned I'm not going to make that mistake again. And you know what? God can direct me. And so some of you go, well, I'm uncertain what I need to do. And then, but there are also there's that predictable pr- resistance. See, I believe that for many of you, that resistance is God stirring something in so you can have a confidence that, you know what? No matter what I do, no matter where I go, we don't have to have a plan for the future. We just have to be obedient to the next step God has for us today. Amen? If you want God's direction, you just need to be open to it. See, trust. You don't have to have it. See, you need to trust that he will lead you to where he wants to, to you to lead you to. In other words, is it, 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 so your life will glorify him, and that's how you discern divine direction. So here it is. Listen to me. I'm going to wrap it up. What are you saying, Pastor Bubba? This is what I'm saying. Your decisions, your small decisions, have a great impact. The people that you hang out with will determine your future. Come on. The people you, you, you hang out with. I mean, you see someone that has stupid on their forehead, be warned. You know? I remember my mom and my dad when I was hanging out with some goofy kids. And my mom goes, oh, no, you ain't hanging out with him. Not him today. It used to be, the, his name used to be Jay Duyon. 
You ain't going with Jay, do you? But mama, Jay's mama said, I don't care what Jay's mama said, you ain't going. Because you know why? She saw stupid on his forehead and mine, and it was a rock pile. And see, for every one of us, we've got to trust that he'll lead us where he wants to lead us to. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here this morning, you say, Pastor Bubba, there's decisions that I need to make in the next couple of weeks that I just need God's divine direction in my life. That's you. Just raise your hand. Come on. All over this place. Listen to me. The process is this. Allow God's prompting, his pulling to begin to bring you his direction. Don't allow people to pull you places you don't want to go. How many of you have made mistakes by allowing people to pull you? See, you have the, the big pull of the world. The, the, the world has a, a different standard. It begins to say, hey, do this, do this, do this. And the kingdom of God say, no, that's, you don't need to be involved in that. You need to do this. You need to obey me step by step, step by step, little step by little step. And so what God is wanting to do in every one of us is that, you know, it's like, is this God is stewing something in us. He's stirring something in us. We, we don't have to know what all the future has to be. We just need to know this, that we need to be obedient to the next step that God has given us. Amen? If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord, and you say, Pastor Baba, I know that there's some divine decisions I need to make. The first is that I need to realize that I'm not where I need to be with God. And it's not, listen, God wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with you this morning. And if you're at a place and you really don't know Jesus, you have an opportunity this morning. I want to pray with you because God loves you. And he wants to put you in a place. Maybe you came and you go, you know, it's raining, it's flooding, and I, I pulled up today. And, you know, it's like, but I've been searching for God. And my life is just flooded with different things. But I need, I need the peace of God. I need the grace of God in my life because I'm not really walking the way I should. I need God's strength. I need his power. I've been walking and I've been resisting God. And I don't want to do that anymore. And it's not about a religion, guys. It's about having a personal, intimate relationship. What does that mean? What does that look like? That means that God sees you. He knows you. He knows where you're at. He knows every difficulty you're facing. He knows every decision. He's the process you're in. And what he wants to do, he wants to be a guide. He wants to help you. He wants to lead you and direct you into the place that will, that will all of a sudden your life will be revolutionized. That you don't have to live by guilt. You don't have to live by shame. You don't have to live by the pressure of this world, but you can be free to be able to serve God and be able to be who God created you to be. Just to have freedom. Say it with me. Say freedom. Say freedom. 